Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery in the heart of downtown Bellevue. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining me today is former Seahawk, Redskin, and five years in the CFL, Carrie Carter. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good now that I turned my (laughs) mic on. (laughs) Don't worry, nobody heard you. Oh my gosh, it's so typically me. Everybody who has been on the backside of one of these shows waiting for me, this has actually been the most mellow setup. Yeah, I mean, Gunner will tell you, he's seen me with my head spinning out of control as I'm trying to make everything work yeah, properly. You guys made it look pretty easy. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah. today was nice, and I think the weather has everything just very mm-hmm. calm. Yeah, you don't want to move too fast on this one. No, and you don't yeah. want to eat too much either. That's yeah, kind of nice. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for joining us today. Our show is brought to you by Leon Sellers and the Pain Center of Bellevue. We're going to be chatting socially savvy athletic event attendants. Um, what do you think about it from an athlete's point of view, going over socially acceptable and unacceptable, and of course our socially savvy hints? So, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a fun discussion. I like this topic. I kind of figured you <laughs> might. I kind of figured you might. And I really want to say thank you so much for taking time because I know you're just like hovering on the cusp, waiting for baby. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, actually baby's due today, so it's kind of an anxious time. But mom's doing well, and you know. I'm still pushing along, staying busy, keeping keeping distracted. Yep. Yeah. Well, you'll have to thank her for me for letting you out of the house. (laughs) I will. Waterbrook, world-class wines from Washington State. This collection of wines are true to varietal varietal character, food-friendly, and deliver uncompromised quality. John Freeman, winemaker of Waterbrook Winery, crafts his wines with a food-friendly, fruit-forward approach. Every meal can be enjoyed with wine, and John has a few tips to get you started if you're new to the order um, to ordering at restaurants. Go to waterbrook.com for more information. They're actually one of our sponsors for um, the wine tasting at this upcoming event we're going to be chatting about, too. So yeah. I'm excited. I haven't gotten a chance to do much with the Waterbrook, so it'll be a really Okay, fun. we'll get to test it out together. <laughs> yes, we will. That'll be good. Alrighty, we're going to start off our first show with an on-air wine tasting of the Leone Pinot Gris. It is light and fresh, and I know you've gotten to have a little bit of a taste yep, of it. Yep, um, I do. Leone Cellars is one of my favorites. They have an Italian background, um, winemaking here in Washington, uh, but they bring just something so much different to Woodinville than a lot of the others, especially if they've got San Giovese, they've got a Pinot, they've got... I never say it in Neo something or other. I, I would totally bash it if I said it. <laughs> I don't know that one either. It's okay. But um, they're fun. It's, it's a different approach. So these always, of course, go fantastically with um, Italian food. But I found like their Pinot and their Sanji are fantastic for summertime because they're light and fresh. Yeah. Anything light and airy and crisp like this, I think, goes well with summer. Today's a perfect day for it, too. I totally agree. And thanks to Gunner, we got it nice and chilled. <laughs> Thank you, Gunner. <laughs> All righty. So let's just jump into it. We've got no distractions. <laughs> it's a sunny summer Bellevue day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the best things that you could think of. I loved the idea of doing this show with you because, of course, you know, being socially savvy is making every event better because you were there. And one of the things that I've seen so much on sporting um, attendance is yeah. there, the, there is this preconceived notion that uh, you guys are superhuman. <laughs> uh, you know, you're supposed to be on, which anybody who's in the public eye, everybody knows you have to be on all the time, 100% of the time, yeah, no matter what true. you're doing. 
Um, but there's that facet of a, a, a lack of reality that I think will be really fun to kind of address today <laughs> when it comes to attending these athletic events. Um, my my big thing was I don't think people know how to be fans. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's see, that's an interesting one though, because it's it, that idea of being superhuman and you're you're being entertained. You know, it, it's an it's an entertainment event. You know, you're going to something so that you can kind of take your mind off of your own life and worries and right. watching these people that can do things that you can't do. So it is it right. is a, there there is this aspect of being superhuman, but at the same time, the etiquette is is also. <laughs> it's that's such a word that nobody even knows anymore. <laughs> It's, it's an interesting thing because you think about if you put that situation, in, if you look at it as a normal situation and you're going to watch somebody do their job, you're going to watch a painter, you're going to watch right. a musician, you're going to watch a, a comedian. It occurs to have cur common courtesy. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Just, it's, a, it's a prevalent in your mind, but there's yeah. something about sporting events. And it's so funny. I think of Spartacus and, and those, do I not entertain you? <laughs> that you forget that these are regular people out there doing a job, you know, yeah. and, and the way that you conduct yourself in the stands and towards the actual athletes and players themselves is, I mean, they, they notice it as much as uh, the athletes will say they're focused on the game and they, they notice that stuff. But over the years, you kind of get a little bit immune to some of the behavior that well, happens. Desensitized. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But it's still something that if you really look at it for what it is and you know, you're entertaining people, and whether you're at home or away, you know, depending on the performance, people can be really tough. Like, they yeah. can be really hard on you, and, and they expect a lot. They expect perfection, and if you don't give them that, they're disappointed, and they let you know. Well, I, I remember I was watching on a newscasting here. There was, I this was several years ago, and um, some players had were coming onto the field, mm -hmm. so they're, you know, they're, their heads are trying to get into the game, and there's, a, I guess there were a bunch of little kids and, and some adults there, and, and apparently one of the players and had looked down at one of the kids and had a very aggressive look on their face, and mm -hmm. this, this person, this adult that was with them, was complaining that they weren't smiling at the kids and encouraging the kids, and <laughs> I mean... Fortunately, I've been a football mom, and I've shot on the sidelines. My my oldest let me shoot football yeah. from the sidelines because he knew I would never bother him. I didn't look at him. I yeah. didn't talk to him. <laughs> I knew that when he hit the hit the ground, he had to be angry because he had to hurt somebody or get hurt. Yeah. Um, but those are the types of things I think a lot of people really don't understand. So um, I don't know. Do you want to take a moment to kind of tell people, you know, what kind of a mindset you why is it so important or why do you guys look so intense and angry, I guess would be the yeah. word when you're going out there and, and because there is a legitimate reason why. Yeah. Well, you think about it, especially with football, it's a unique thing because it's literally played once a week on whatever level it is. You don't play three or four games in a week, you know, other than when you're a little kid playing, playing peewee football, go, doing a jamboree. Right. Um, <laughs> but other than that, once you get up in the ranks with high school, college, NFL, any professional league, you play one game a week. You have one opportunity to do it. You have one chance. And the things that you go over and practice over and over again, the mental aspect of the game is even more important than pe people realize. Because the, the, 
I guess the, the your margin for error is so small that a lapse in judgment or a lapse in your concentration can cost you dearly, can cost your team dearly. So, and not each, just in the point of ter- of points, but also in in injuries. Because yeah, if you're not yeah. if you're not hitting your mark properly, you yeah. end up getting hurt. Yeah, and it's a, it's such a team game that everyone has a responsibility and a role out there. And if your role is to run down and hit people, that's what you're going to do. If your role is to catch passes, that's what you need to do. Right. And the guy beside you is going to count on you to do that. So if you're you've been doing it all week in practice, you've Going out on the field, you visualize this moment. You visualize every single play at least a hundred to a thousand times in that day alone. Wow. So when you're going out there to to do this, it's it's you want it to feel like second nature. You want it to feel familiar. So the fact that you're focused and you're supposed to kind of block out everything else. Right. This is you have one chance to do this. There's a lot riding on it for most guys at the professional level. This is this is your job. You're a pro. People right. expect you to be close to perfect. So if you're not smiling at a kid on the sideline <laughs> while the game is going on, Hello. there's a reason for that. You well, know, you're ex- explain the whole thought process, the Hulk smash. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I, mean, I think a lot of people don't understand what, what that mentality brings and, and actually yeah. the safety that it brings you as a player. Yeah, it, it's it, not in just being aggressive, but in also it, it protects yourself because you, everyone's going out there with a job to do and if your job is to take down a ball carrier, to tackle them, to get them to the ground, to, you know, you're not necessarily going out there to, to hurt someone, like injure them, but you're going to hurt them. Yeah, that's you're, what you're, you're going to inflict pain. They're going like, to it's hurt. Not, it's, not a, it, it's not a powder puff league. It's not touch football. It's tackle football. And you're going out there to, you know, make big hits, knock someone's head off, get up, uh, end up on sports center, And, you know, that mentality isn't something that just comes eas- easily for most guys. And, it can't because you have to live in a regular world after that, too. So it's almost a switch you have to flip. And once you turn that switch on, it's, it has to stay on for that entire game. For that duration. Yeah, because yeah. it's hard to go in and out of that. Some guys can go out there and play with a smile on their face, have fun, and then there's other guys that have to play angry because that's how they play their best football. Yeah. And if, if that was you, my son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, I look it's at him a and lot of people. Angry eyes, yeah. and he just look right through me. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah, you just gotta let him let him be at that point. It's usually a, a lot of guys on defense, offensive linemen, certain positions where they're just known for being angry, nasty yeah. all the time. Um, there's certain guys on offense, but it's it's a, a lot of the guys on defense that have kind of that. Uh, that Hulk smash angry. <laughs> I love that. The Hulk. I think it's easier for men to understand. I think that's one of those things that a lot of women just really struggle with trying to grasp mm-hmm. is that that angry kind of side. I was really fortunate. I literally got stuck. I'm not even kidding. Stuck in what we called the brick building just before the the players went out, and um, I was as was trying to train the girls who were helping or the, the people who were helping because we were doing music just before they went out to build, you know, to build them into a frenzy. Yeah. We did a really good job. I mean, yeah. I had, the, we dropped the lights at the right time. It was this hard rock electric crescendo that happened and literally the whole building exploded. <laughs> and it was one of those things I tried to write about it like immediately afterwards because I, and I tried to reach out to a lot of the moms and try to tell them and explain to them the level of intensity that I felt being in that room, I mean, within 
four minutes, everybody was drenched in sweat. And yeah. it was just because of the heat that was coming off and the buildup. I mean, there were chairs that were thrown all over that place. <laughs> you know, when the light went down, the place exploded and the kids came out. And it was, it was an interesting game because I'd never seen the kids play like that. And they played up against a, um, a state team that had yeah. won the year before. And they dominated the first quarter or the first half. The second half, they didn't get that. Yeah. And they were back to what they had been before. Yeah. And it was my first realization just how important that that mindset, yeah, what that you have to put state. yourself into. Yeah, you, you almost have to put yourself into an alternate reality. Like it's an emotional state that you're not, you can't normally just get to. Yeah. Like that's one of the things with football. You can't, a lot of sports you can pick up and play. You can play basketball on the side. You can play soccer. You can play all these football. You will never get the same type of intensity than when you actually play in a game. You can practice, you can, you know, but you will never get that same intensity because the emotion isn't there, you know. Without that emotional connection to, you know, wanting to wanting to win so bad that you will do anything, you will throw your body around, you will not care about what happens to you, and wanting to win for the guy beside you. When you have kind of that connection and, and you get people together all focused on the same goal, um, magic can happen and and like we um you know in and in, in the intro you talked about kind of my career playing five years in the cfl i was really blessed to be part of an organization up there that um had a lot of success you know the montreal alouettes in my five years up there we went to three straight great cups which is the canadian equivalent of uh the super bowl wow. and we won two in a row so oh to be God. part of a team that had that same mentality and a coach that was leading us that got us ready to play every week you can feel those and we could feel the momentum you could feel the momentum before the game you could feel it when we started rolling when we started playing well when we started connecting on things when someone made a big play someone made a big hit yeah. like you can feel the emotion kind of build and guys fed off of that and once and you can also feel it when it wasn't there when it when it's lacking yeah, yeah. that's yeah. one thing that I, I you know having been to a lot of different sporting events and you know you know trying to touch base with listeners and get them to understand what goes into the thought process football and rugby actually are mm-hmm. two of the sports that you're you're so interconnected and that teamwork is so essential to your success that the driving force behind it um it's really tough to have even one player off beat yeah, yeah, because, I, I mean, they always say you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. And it's it's the truth because other teams look for that. They look for that weakness. Yeah. And if they can find it, they, they will exploit, exploit it. it. Yeah, over and over again until, you know, until you, you either break or you find a way to fix it. You know, you, you find a way to get that, that player into that Hulk smash. mentality. <laughs> yeah, get them into that mentality or you get somebody else in there. Yeah, and that's get just the nature of the game. It's uh, It's a very... Uh, what have you done for me lately? Type of sport. We don't. You oh, know. I didn't even think about that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It is. There's, there's nothing. There, there's nothing. About, it doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago. It's only yeah. what can you do in the next five minutes. Yeah, because you could wow. have made a great play five minutes ago, but then you, uh, you know, you let up a touchdown, or you miss a tackle, or you drop a pass, and that's what people remember most. Those plays that end up, you know, kind of changing the course of the game. And our coach always used to tell us up there. Our, our coach, um, his name is Mark Tressman. Um, he's now the coach of the Chicago Bears, and he used to tell us that all the time. He's like, you know, you have to be able to withstand kind of the emotions of the game, going up and down and kind of be stoic through it all, knowing that really in a game you might have 90 plays, but there will be five yeah. that really, really make the difference, but you don't know which five they are. So you have to play every play like it I might think, be that play. Right. You know, but it, it, it's, 
it's a crazy experience. Well, in talking a little bit about this, you know, saying, do you know how to be a fan? Um, you know, what are some of the things you could tell fans that would make the game better for them as well as for you? What what types of things do you think that they just they don't understand? Well, I think it's they don't get to see the work that goes on behind the scenes. You know, they they get to see the end result. They get to see like the finished product, but if they knew the emotion and the time and the energy and the work and the sacrifice and all the different components that go into you know, producing this end result that they see on the field, I think they would have a better understanding and appreciation for what you, you guys know, do. Yeah, well, not just what they do or what we do. I think it's for the the moments that might not turn out that perfectly. Like fans booing a team, I expect that if a team is Terrible. away. Well, if they're on the oh, road. Oh, away, okay. Yeah, if they're on the road, if they're away. It's hard for me when I see a home team home getting team. booed because I wanted to it's ask not about for that. a lack of effort. Like, guys don't go out there. Like, all the teams practice hard. They they get ready the same way. They spend the same amount of time. But, you know, sometimes things just don't work together. They yeah, don't gel. gel. They, don't, they don't mix right. And the end result on the field isn't exactly what they want. But it's not because the guys aren't out there trying to try, trying their hardest. And I think some guys react to it differently. Some guys it doesn't affect at all. But certain guys, it, it can affect the psyche of, of an individual or a team when, you know, they're constantly, you know, uh, they constantly get a lot of negative negativity towards them. And, right. you know, fans are always booing or, or down on them. And, you know, guys, guys are sensitive. It won't be an outward thing. Yeah. You won't see it. You won't, you no, won't that, see that emotion say, on them. But yeah. it does wear on you and, and being part of um, you know, certain organizations, it's like some organizations have this tradition of of winning. Mm-hmm. And others have a tradition where they just can't seem to get over that hump. To get it. You know? They, they need something seem, to, yeah. to help carry them through. Yeah, and the fans can actually be a big part of that. Yeah. You know, being supportive and, you know, if you're going to pay your money and get into the stadium, yes, you want to see a great game, but you're, you want to support the guys, you want to support the team because... They're out there, you know, putting it on the line for your entertainment. Well, and that's what I was going to say. As a fan, I think you need to take responsibility for your part in the game because yeah. you do have a really big part in the yeah. game. Uh, one of the, the phrases that I think, uh, it, it's funny because it always comes to me at these very in, interesting times. And uh, it's it, I just started thinking about it. We need... We need things the most when we deserve them the least. And I think that this is a perfect example. You know, when your team is struggling and you feel like they don't deserve it, that's when they need it the most. That's when they need, you know, a a wave, a power wave, or just a cheer out of nowhere for absolutely no reason, letting all those players on the field know that, hey, we are behind you. We know that you're a human being and and that we come here to watch you, and so we want to give you as much energy and as much positive to see you Hulk smash. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> that that is appreciated. I mean, you think about. The I mean, how empowering is that when out of the blue you get somebody lifting you up that you never thought coming? Yeah, the Seattle community and Seattle fans are a great example of that. Yeah, you know, the since, since, since the stadium opened, it has consistently been one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL, and you can check the records. It's had the most false starts of any opposing team in the NFL since it started. You know, and that's. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's the result of the fans being 
not just uh, just behind them, but being like timely and understanding the game, understanding when to get loud, when to be yeah, quiet. Yeah, let's talk know? about that for a minute. Is <laughs> one of my favorite things that we used to laugh about when I was in high school is being a cheerleader. You had to know the basics. You had to know yeah. when there was a first down. You had to know when you were doing offense and defense. And the most ridiculous things you'll ever see is somebody cheering for offense when their team's playing defense. Yeah. So understanding just a few of the basics of the game so you know how to support your team, yeah, kind that, of important. That's, that's important. <laughs> you know, it, it also helps with your enjoyment of the game. You yeah. enjoy it more if you understand, you know, just at least the basics, the fundamentals of what's going on, how, you know, how a team moves the ball down the field, how much points they get, you know, how they score, um, who's on the field. That's, that's always a, a good one. Like you said, whether it's offense or defense, you should know these things because, It'll help your enjoyment of the game and even helping you like focus on one or two players that see, whose names seem to be called a lot and finding out maybe what they do. Uh-huh. Do a little research before. Just pick a guy who you like. I'll pick a name that you. you like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it, and if you can, a lot of people have told me that. It's like, well, I didn't really watch football, but now that I know you play for this team, I'll watch. You know. Yeah. You know, and if that helps, then then great. You know, it brings more people to the game that I think is. Uh, that game that I love and I appreciate and has helped me build a, a great career. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, what's something that, as an athlete, you wish that the fans knew? Mm-hmm. I wish that they knew. Well, I think that that whole idea of there is a distinct home field advantage. You know, when an opposing team comes into town and the fans understand what's going on and they're able to get loud at the right times and they're able to be quiet at the right times and um, they support their team and they don't get down like the the guys feed on that so I don't know if fans realize how much the teams actually feed off of their energy you know they they, they can consistently can feel that and you can feel the tide change you can feel when a team you know that's been down for an entire game starts making a comeback in the fourth quarter when the fans are getting excited for every play electric. that's made, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's something that they, the guys feel that. They feel that energy and they, they use it. They, they leverage it to, you know, push themselves one extra player, for them not to give up on a player, for them to give, give a little bit extra effort. Mm-hmm. You know, so if fans, like, thought about it in that respect and knew that they can actually have an effect on the players a tremendous that way. Effect. Yeah, and a tremendously positive effect. Then yeah. I think it... it would kind of change their approach to how they uh, how they judge the individuals or how they judge the game or their effect on it. No, I like that a lot. Okay, and then finally, understanding an athlete before and after the game. What, um, as as an athlete coming off of either a really high high or a really mm-hmm. low low, what you you know obviously you know you're going to be dealing with fans. What kinds of things can they do that help you through those? It, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to help you help them help you you know yeah. so that you're they're not going well he's just ignoring me but well he's exhausted yeah you know, what kinds of things do you think that they need to know about after the game that yeah. if you, or how can you reach out to them in a way that um, I think the one of the main things is is how emotionally draining a game can be you know imagine putting all of your your efforts into a whole week. If if you went to work every single week and worked, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week so you can go in and, and perform for three or four hours, 
Yeah. And you're you're really only judged on that three or four hours. Yeah. You yeah. know, and out of that three or four hours, you're only really only judged on, you know, those 20, 30 plays that you're in there. So you're really doing so much preparation for this minuscule amount of time that you'll be judged on. And you want to be focused for that time. And you're so focused that when you finish that, you're drained, not just physically, but emotionally. Mentally. And it takes, yeah, yeah everything. it takes a toll on you. So it takes time for you to kind of get past that and get beyond it and be able to come back down to a place where you're balanced and you can react to situations in a, uh, the, the manner you would normally react to them. But I think nowadays because of, you know, the advent of social media and different things, it's so easy to just put something out there quickly. You react emotionally, it's out there, and now you can't take it back. So for guys coming off of a game, I'd say from the, from the athlete side, for telling them to kind of take the time to not be, not react right away, not not put something out there, not put your emotions out there until you've kind of had the, the chance to, 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 calm, to calm it, yeah, yeah, to get it back under yeah. control. And then fans can kind of fuel that as well by either being, you know, compassionate or, you know, kind of jabbing at guys and, and talking about their performance, whether good or bad, it's still, it's always hard to deal with at that point because you're coming off an emotional roller coaster and, you know, you, you, you've you gone out there and put everything that you have into something that you love and for someone to come and criticize you on that effort, well, it's hard. It's it, To me, it's moronic because most people can't get up off the couch and even attempt a <laughs> half an hour of a workout that you guys do. Um, so, you know, from a common sense point of view, I've always thought, okay, if, if you can't do it, then don't talk about it. Yeah. It's one thing if somebody... Yeah, there are those very few times where somebody obviously just doesn't bring their game and doesn't care. They're going out there and they're on the field and they have a I don't give a crap attitude. Yeah. That's completely different. That's not what we're talking about here. But I think sometimes fans have the tendency to bring all those things together. Mm-hmm. You see one bad apple and think that's the way it is with everybody yeah. instead of yeah. recognizing it's a whole lot of work out there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot a of work lot and of work. It's, it's a lot of effort and it's it means a lot to the guys that the fans are behind them. It's having their support is imperative. And I mean, you, you know that without the fans, you don't have a game. Like they're the ones that essentially pay your salary. Yeah. You know, if they don't come to the games, they don't show up, they don't watch, there's not, there's nothing. So you want to, you know, a lot of guys take a lot of pride in that and wanting to do it for their hometown, for their fans, for, you know, everyone that supports them. And so it, not having that support or getting the criticism and all that, it does, it can have a, a long term and it's kind of just a negative lingering effect on a lot of guys and teams and organizations. And those are the things that kind of um, go to the heart of that that culture of building a franchise that is successful or a franchise that struggles for years. It's not having, you know, first of all, the right pieces, uh, you know, together on the field, but also not having the support from the community and the fans. Yeah, I don't think I don't think fans quite understand their superpowers. <laughs> they don't. They don't give themselves enough credit, or sometimes too much. Yeah, I think they in, in the wrong. Yeah, was it uh, not Despicable Me? There's another movie where that guy is the uh, he's supposed to be the bad guy, and he ends up being the good guy. Oh uh, yeah, Wreck It Ralph. Um, oh no, it was no, no. That was one of them though. No, it was that another one where he was like an alien type thing. Oh, but um, it does remind one. me that you know sometimes where you think. Um, that being that that 
alter ego or that naysayer, the one who you think you're bringing the reality of things to light, when really, no, you just need to empower. You need to be enriching. Yeah. And, and nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be around negativity all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. This, I've been wanting to talk about this in sporting events for a really long time. <laughs> I have such a hard time going into some of these events and sitting next to people who who um, say and do some of this stuff. Yeah. I, I wish I could have a zap collar on them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is how he feels down. down there when you say this. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you want somebody to come to your job and criticize you? Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I, that's why I use the, the, the thought process of a zapper collar because when you're out there giving it everything, it is almost like being zapped. It's like yeah. somebody stabbing you when you, you know you're doing everything that you can and for whatever reason, whether you're just having a day that things just aren't gelling or mm-hmm. or your opponent has literally figured you guys out and there's yeah. not a damn thing you can do about it. Um, you know, understanding that as a fan, what can you do about it? You can do a lot more than boo. Yeah. And you can help your team go a lot farther yeah. and, and fix some of those things just by how you support them. Yeah. Booing is probably the, the last thing you want to do because not only does it bring down your team, it actually brings the other team up. Yeah. You go on the road, you, you love to hear fans boo. Oh, and then yeah. Then you know you're doing something, something right. Something that's pissing yeah. them off. <laughs> Okay, well, Pain Center of Bellevue and Integrated Health Clinic provides medical doctors, pain management doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, naturopaths, physicians, and more. Using cutting-edge treatments, they can provide non-surgical solutions to pain management. Stop living with pain and call and schedule a complimentary consultation with one of their top doctors. Go to www.bellevuepaincenter.com. They're actually fantastic. I know that there's been quite a few Seahawks who have gone and seen them over here in Bellevue, and they do this. Um, they have this fantastic uh, little chair that they take around all these different events, and um, they'll do neck and um, shoulder massages. Wow. And we're actually having them at the VIP event coming Wonderful. up. Um, so we'll they're fun. That. Yes, I know. <laughs> Any, anything that helps, you know, relax and bring back your zen. Yeah. <laughs> um, socially savvy hints. One of the things I wanted to remind people is. Um, remember, athletes practice hard to give you a good show. Support them through their ups and downs. Exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, let's chat a little bit about, so you've been in and out of um, American football and Canadian football. And now you find yourself in a whole different realm of life, you know, with a baby on the way. And um, also helping to participate with uh, some of your other athletes that you know Mm -hmm. and care about to help them with some of their endeavors. Um, I am having the privilege of working with you with the Richard Sherman event. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and about this particular event. Yeah, so our company, Jump It Media, um, just a little background, coming out out of football, um, myself and another former Seahawk, my name is Joe Tafoya, uh, reconnected actually just over here in this building. We had a little office in here for about a year in 2008. Fantastic things happen in this building, I'm just saying. a lot of good things happen (laughs) over here. Um, And, you know, we wanted to find a way to kind of make that connection back to the sports community, athlete community specifically, and find a way to kind of help our our colleagues out um, with with their brand, you know, with taking control of their brand, their brand equity, their social equity, as we like to call it, and kind of found ourselves in a unique place kind of connecting uh, sports and technology and entertainment. We got into the tech world first and did some, uh, 
you know, some app stuff, you know, what we got with a, a uh, software development company uh, that we helped acquire and ran that for a couple years. Um, kind of wanted to go in a different direction and focus more on sports. And so we uh, put together Jump It Media and we're kind of a boutique brand enhancement agency. So we work with individuals and uh, organizations with a uh, with high visibility, we call them high-profile influencers, and they hold a lot of weight in their specific communities, but they're always looking for that next edge, for a way to enhance their brand, outreach to their community, their fans, their followers, their clients, and we just try to put together really unique opportunities to do that, and the Richard Sherman event that we're um, you know, powering right now is basically uh, an example of that for us, so we're able to kind of help with the logistics of on-site venue, um, that type of collaboration, uh, securing talent for the event, um, designing a social media campaign to actually, you know, help promote the event and involve local businesses, community leaders, and, you know, just other individuals that have an interest in the community as well. So um, we've been, you know, privileged enough to join up with Richard and do some really cool things uh, for this up, you know, to in advance of this upcoming season. And so softball event was a great way to do that, connecting Richard with the community, um, supporting a couple really great causes with helpingahero.org, uh, an organization that builds homes for um, military veterans who've been, um, you know, hurt and uh, wounded in, in, in battle. Mm -hmm. um, they're building two homes in this year for, for two of their heroes. Um, and it's also supporting Richard's uh, nonprofit, which is called Blanket Coverage, the uh, Richard Sherman Family Foundation. And he provides uh, school supplies and clothes and books and all that for, you know, just for underprivileged kids uh, coming from his background in Compton and kind of seeing uh, wow. a lot of those things uh, happen from uh, as he was growing up. And you don't want that to be a t deterrent for kids going to school, just not having the right supplies and getting made fun of or getting bullied for for things they have no control over. So he's oh, doing totally. a, he's doing a great thing there, and this event is just a way to kind of introduce him you know, to the Seattle community in a way they haven't seen him before. No, I, I love that. I know it's um, it's interesting living on the east side, and I've helped with um, East Side Assistance League, and they do uh, a back-to-school thing that does similar things. I think a lot of people don't realize how many children really do suffer. They just kind of get lost because there is a lot of perceived wealth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was raised by a single mom, so we didn't always have money for school clothes and and so yeah. i remember going to school being very self-conscious and very unsure of myself and then the years when um my stepdad would take us shopping the empowerment of just that new outfit yeah. of a brand new pencil of yeah. you know my own notebook that hadn't been used by somebody yeah. else um i think a lot of people don't understand and when you come from something like that i think that's awesome that he's brought it back and and yeah. is working with the community on that yeah definitely richard's been uh, a great to work with when it comes to, you know, just letting us kind of uh, move forward with some of the ideas. We kind of the, laid out the framework, knew what he wanted to kind of promote, and he, he let us he let us do our thing and really find ways to involve the community. So we've been able to do giveaways and, and a bunch of different things online on Facebook and signed memorabilia and a whole bunch of different things that kind of just involves the community as well. And, you know, so far it's been a, a, a great success. We have about one week left, um, really promoting it a lot this week. Uh, partnered up with Clear Channel, and they're doing a bunch awesome. of, um, you know. Um, promo spots. Yeah, promo spots for it. And, you know, so we hope a lot of people come out and support the event and just come out and have fun. It's a fun, family-friendly event. 
a lot of guys coming in town, you know, a lot of your favorite Seahawks, Pete Carroll's well, tell, coaching Tell us a little team. bit about about what what this event is and, and what they're going to see. Yeah, so it's it's a celebrity softball game, and so we've gotten together some of the best, you know, best of the best in terms of uh, Seahawks, first of all, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, um, the whole Legion of Boom, uh, Camp Chancellor, Brandon Browner, Errol Thomas, uh, Larry Fitzgerald's flying in, bringing T.O. is coming in town, you know. That's the cool guy. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's crazy. The You know, first of all, I mean, people are coming there to see these guys kind of do something that almost makes them human a little bit because, yeah. you know, they're not out there playing football, their regular sport, but we're able to put together a group of guys that Softball. can come out and have some fun. <laughs> we don't know who can actually swing a bat and get <laughs> it over it. the fence, but we'll see. But then having the ability, we have, you know, fans that are actually playing in the game as well, you know, fans uh, who have actually purchased roster spots, and then each of the sponsors get to put uh, one, one person in the game. So we'll have oh, a good wow. group of people in there just having a lot of fun and, and um, I wish I was manly enough to go play. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a couple ladies in the game. Claudia Jordan's coming up in uh, uh, Jackie. I would Jackie suck. and Bender. I would. Well, we'll oh, see. I like Jackie. Yeah. That that is really cool. She I says love that. she can play, so you know we'll hey. see. I could I could send my son in for me. <laughs> By far, much better than I am. <laughs> he would have fun too. Oh, I'm going to have fun watching. Yeah. I'm really yeah. looking forward. Yeah. So um, this is at Cheney Stadium. Yeah, Cheney Stadium on July 7th. Uh, doors open at 12. We're going to have a home run derby at 1.30, and then the game starts at 2.30, goes till about 5. Seven innings, come out, bring the family. Um, you can check out the website. It's uh, richardshermansoftballgame.com. Um, yeah. Or you can check out the Facebook page, Facebook events page. Same thing, Richard Sherman Softball Game. And, uh, yeah, you can purchase your tickets there or on Ticketmaster. Um, we have a few tickets left. I know they've been selling out pretty good. We put them up on Socially Savvy and a bunch of our network. So if, if you're having a hard time finding it, just go to the Socially Savvy page because yeah. it's there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it, it's, it's going well, though. So we're, we're, we're excited for this weekend. Um, we're going to hold a little uh, private welcome reception for some of the guys coming in town um, on July 6th. That'll be a cool little event. Um, yeah. It'll, uh, it, it, I think it's going to be fun to thank them for coming in and doing some. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people, um, and I, this will be a good, cool way to kind of wrap things up, a lot of people think that athletes get enough thanks because, you know, you work really hard so you get a good pay and yeah. you have a certain, you know, notoriety and celebrityhood and all that kind of stuff. But um, as far as I can tell, you guys still really like uh, a good thank you. <laughs> hey, nothing like a good thank you. <laughs> a good, it makes hey, you feel really good and appreciated yeah. and, and loved, and you know everybody likes that feeling. So um, I think it's yeah, hard it's for people to, to remember that that you guys, even though you're in the limelight, you still need that every day. Yeah, I mean it's you're still human. You yeah. know, you want to pretend like you're superhuman and you can do superhuman things, but in the end, you have human emotions, and yeah, it's nothing like being thanked and appreciated and, and just having a warm reception. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm excited for this one. It's going to be yeah. cool. <laughs> Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, located in the heart of downtown Bellevue, across from the Hyatt and Joey's. It's your perfect place to check out and foray for um, art for your house or for your second home. By art, it makes you feel better. Today's socially uh, acceptable and unacceptable are brought to you by Girly Girl Wines because, of course, blunt works best. Um, my socially savvy, acceptable, it is acceptable to be human. 
We all make mistakes. It's how you handle those mistakes that will make or break you. And this goes for whether you're an athlete, whether you're a fan, a coach, um, a vendor. It doesn't matter what you're doing um, or how you're participating in an activity like this. Um, your humanity can be expected in people. We've, we've raised our kids and told them we understand you're going to make mistakes, but it's how you handle those mistakes that I yeah. think can um, really make a difference for everybody. And, Absolutely. You know, sometimes your failures can can lead other people to great success. So, yeah. if you can look at it in a positive light, you can always make a positive out of it. Absolutely. Um, socially unacceptable. It is unacceptable to badger people right after a game. Uh, many times they are emotionally spent, and if they are able, um, if they are able after a game, they will reach out to the fans. But if they aren't, we um, you want to remember to allow them that grace. Allow them that time, like we talked about earlier, um, to be human and to get themselves back on track and to remember that your job as a fan is to be there. That's You're a fan. You're there to support. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Be supportive. That's the best way to enjoy yourself. Totally. Well, with the show nationally now, we have started pulling out all of our local events onto our Facebook pages, so be sure to check them out um, for social events throughout the week. You can go to LB Duchess and Socially Savvy Eastside Events and Entertainment to keep up and find out what's going on in the community. Our sponsors for today, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, Leonie Sellers, Girly Girl Wines, Chocolate Shop, The Pain Center of Bellevue, and Jump It Media. I said that right. Jump right? it. Jump yep. it. I was like, I don't have the notes in front of me. I had to go off my memory. <laughs> no, you said it right. Fantastic. We're going to be ending tonight's show with a glass of the Leone Sangiovese. Um, we want to remind you all to subscribe to the Socially Savvy Show to be entered into our drawing for prizes from our savvy sponsors. Also, don't forget to check us out on iTunes. We are now there under podcasts. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Make every social event that you attend better because you were there. Everybody have a Socially Savvy Week. Take care. Take care. care.